I like the idea of uh, an interchangeable action figure, Chad Ruedel. Do you like that idea? Welcome back. You're listening to Fly Penguins Fly Game Day Podcast, episode 120. I'm your host, Jeff Taylor. I'm a huge Pittsburgh Penguins fan, so I created this podcast for you, for yous, for yins, for Penguins fans, and for hockey fans all around the world. Follow us on the Twitter at PensPod, on Instagram at Fly Penguins Fly, and subscribe to the Fly Penguins Fly YouTube channel. You can find the link for that in today's episode notes. Tonight, your Penguins pay a visit to the Florida Panthers. And before we get started on this podcast, which will feature an interview, a sit down, a hockey, all hands on hockey surfaces chat with my dear friend uh, and friend of the show, Richard Cole. Uh, I want to say thank you. Thank you to Jordan DeFigio and Ashley Taylor for respectively hosting and producing and posting Fly Penguins Fly for the last three episodes, the last Penguins game days, the home and home against the Buffalo Sabres, very successful one at that, and the uh, game against the Dallas Stars just a couple of days ago. So thanks again to Jordan DeFigio, a co-host of Podcast on Fifth Ave, also Helmet Hair Podcast, a great musician and a wonderful hockey mind, a good friend of the show, uh, for hosting. And then my wife, Ashley Taylor, did some fantastic production work getting the podcast sounding good and posted for yins uh, over the last four or five days or so while I was away on a music recording trip right on the shores of the Puget Sound at my good buddy Jeff Stanfield's uh, music hideaway, secret, undisclosed studio location. Lo- location. Oh, boy. Just gonna stop right there. I was running into a brick wall in slow motion. It's still, I'm not even at the brick wall, it's still millimeters. It's like, what's the diminish? What's the where you shoot the arrow and it has to go half the distance? It never quite gets there. Uh, somebody out there has a math mind and it's not me. So, without further ado, I'm gonna bring in Richard Cole, who's here with me now. And uh, Richard, welcome back to Fly Penguins Fly. I think the last time I had you on, I was living in Jersey City, producing the podcast from Bergen Lafayette, Penguins fan from afar, something that you've, you've kind of been the master of for decades. You're like the guy who got me into hockey. And when you started following the Penguins, you were just, you were just a, a teen out in the, in, the, in the United Kingdom. Is that right? That is right. Fifteen year old, little fifteen year old English boy like that. For any of you who maybe didn't hear Richard's last appearance on Fly Penguins Fly, definitely dig up that episode. You can hear his origin story as a Penguins fan following from England, uh, which included, of course, the rise of Mario Lemieux and Yarmir Yager, those Stanley Cup runs. Um, it's really good stuff. But if there, is there anything as I as I do mention those those early years, those early games is there a game that sticks out to you as far as the those those glory years 91 and 92 or particular series that you remember watching from from over there in england 
the biggest memory is just winning the first cup. Yeah. And I was bizarrely at some strange house party. Mm. And they had the game on at three in the morning. I was going to say, that's that's some party. Yeah. And we won, and there was another Penguins fan in there who I didn't know, and we just both ran into the street and screamed our heads off, and like, the police might have got called out at some point. And yeah, that's a good one. That's awesome. So less the game, more the, the post-insane celebration. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of a lot of emotion courses through the veins of a of a Penguins fan when when they're on the cusp of either playing for or winning the Stanley Cup. I remember almost knocking you out twice, two two different times in the 2017 run. I've never been in a fist fight in my life, and that's my goal is to keep that stat alive. I think I would lose a fist fight with you, so it was clearly unintentional, and you obviously knew it. Uh, I believe it was Chris Kunitz's goal, the fluttering puck that went over Craig Anderson's shoulder in double overtime of game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals mm-hmm. at Ottawa. At Ottawa. No, that was at, that was at home in, in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Probably the most explosive game-winning goal-scoring reaction that's happened in that arena since it was built. I would have to say. Mm-hmm. I'd say that. I mean, that was, in fact, I think when Rossi, when Rob Rossi and Josh Violi were, were here in the studio for the first episode of the season, I think that goal and that explosion might have, might have come up because, again, Penguins have yet to raise the cup on Pittsburgh ice. Mm-hmm. Only the uh, Detroit Red Wings have raised the Stanley Cup in Pittsburgh, right? Yes. Yes. So we're going to, someday it's going to change. I believe it. I don't know when. I'm, I'm really not a big, like, I mean, it's, if you're a hockey fan, you know, you can predict a lot of things. You can't predict who's going to win the Stanley Cup. I really, I mean, last year, some people will say, well, I told you the abs were going to win. They were strong. Even a team that looks utterly dominant, you just don't know. It's such a such an insane sport and such a wild and wacky run through grueling playoff schedules and matchups. So, what about so? Give me your Stanley Cup uh, predictions. Who do you think is going to win the Stanley Cup this year, Richard? Um, well, I've got to say Pittsburgh first because otherwise, you're damn right you do. What are we doing here? Mm-hmm. I thoroughly believe that. I, I will just go on record and say I absolutely think there's a chance the Penguins could win oh, the cup, 100%. and I and yeah. I don't mean oh a 100 chance. You have it here, folks. Richard Cole believes there's a 100 chance that they could win the cup. 100 yeah. chance that they could. 100 chance that every team in the league could right now. Of course, of course. And then that's going to diminish as as that season diminishes. Yes. <laughs> what did you just say, Jordan Cairo? No, I said coyotes. Oh, the Zoom audio has a property that's making it hard, but I heard you coyotes, yeah. Coyotes, yes. Or like somebody like the Devils. I mean, you'd be foolish not to put them, you know, somewhere in the higher end of the rankings of who could win the cup. And yet, I also think that any hockey fan 
you know, who follows closely knows there's a very good chance they will not be in the playoff picture at the end of the season. I, I don't, I don't think that about this devil's team. I think they won't be in the playoffs. I think they'll make the playoffs, but that's how wild things are. We know that the penguins were out of the playoff picture just a few weeks ago or less. And, uh, now it feels like if they quote unquote, keep things going and don't mess with that top line too much. And the rotating D continues to produce about how it's been. And Chris Letang continues to inexplicably play through having just had a stroke and looks to log even more minutes now with, Oh, we have so much to talk about. We got to get to some injury talk, don't we? We do. But again, on the injury talk front, that's, I'm not wishing ill will on devils because eh, because we're supposed to like them since I live in the state. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) I am a born and raised New Jersey guy. You currently still live in New Jersey. I'm a transplant living here in Pittsburgh, but neither one of us are required to like any aspect of devils hockey. No, this is true. Although I have, there are some Devils fans that I like. Exactly. They are the minor, They are the minority among Devils fans. They are the exceptions to the rule who happen to be cool enough to get to be my friends. Looking at Pat Van Dyke, looking at Matt Cass, looking at Carl Wagner. But but a big part of their success has been Vanacek, and if he gets injured, you can watch the Devils free fall through the standings. Yeah. I mean, I, I Blackwood's their main backup. I think they've got some other guy whose name I don't recall anymore. Yeah, but yeah, just like with any team, if you're if you've got a strong number one goalie and that's who you're relying on, no one's guaranteed anything. That's right, especially the Devils. That is a great rink to watch hockey in. Anybody out there listening, particularly Penguins fans here in the Allegheny County area. If you've not yet done the road trip to see the Pens play the Devils, or you're just in the New York area and you take a little train trip out to Newark, and it's easy to do, if you're intimidated by the thought of it, just hit me up in the DMs. I know all the train times and where you got to go with the station. It's cheap and easy, okay? Trust me. You take the PATH train uh, out to the Prudential Center, right, to Newark Penn Station. You get off. You walk a few blocks. I would imagine it's still comparatively cheap to go to devil's games regardless of their hot streak here right yeah yeah but it's a great rink it really is they do a fantastic job presenting hockey games uh i do think they're sharp looking uniforms i think the devils have it together as far as putting on a nice nhl show they who's the the video content on the boards up there with the mascot and all that is hilarious you do have to they did the take on me video recently did you see that on on no socials they had, you know, DeVille or whatever the devil's name is. And he's in the take on me, take. And he's like on the other side of the thing. And they drew him. And he, it was really, really impressive, actually. Freaking hilarious. Only they the, should teach the fans how to celebrate a goal. Oh, it's, it's horrible. I mean, some of that you suck goal chant mm-hmm. stuff and throwing beer and candy on the ice, especially when you're in the midst of a mega hot streak couple calls go the wrong way. And I, I do think some of that stuff was debatable, okay, objectively, all the called back goals. But 
you just won what, what was it, 10 straight at that point? So, yeah. Nine straight. And Matt Murray, you know, uh, look. All right. Let's do talk about the fact that Jeff Petrie and Jason Zucker are both out longer term. Uh, it appeared to be something maybe having to do with Petrie's arm. Wrist, maybe. Wrist. He goes out, says after the game, I'm cool, I'm good, but can confirm Jeff Petrie is not an orthopedist. He is a hockey player, kind of like in the Steelers situation when T.J. Watt said, I think I tore my pec. It's like, well, it turns out he kind of did, and he was out for quite a while, and now Jeff Petrie, uh, it does appear, is not cool, is not all right, and he will be out longer term. A bit of a depletion there for the Penguins. Decor, um, Jason Zucker also goes out longer term, week to week. Mark Friedman in, in, in the stead of Jeff Petrie, although it's not quite that simple, but with the going out of Jeff Petrie, Mark Friedman gets the call up and uh, in response to the Jason Zucker injury, Chatham, New Jersey's own number 10, Drew O'Connor, gets recalled, uh, both he and Mark Friedman, number 52, from the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. What do you think, Richard? Are we going to see a little bit of Friedman, a little bit of uh, Monica in my life, a little <laughs> bit of uh, Drew O'Connor? Are they going to get any game action? Mm, no. They're just mind. there to fill out the 23-man roster. Yeah, if somebody drops. I mean... I just don't think the other players are playing poorly enough for you to move that. The only side I could see is if you're looking for a faster, less physical team against someone coming up. Yeah. But I don't think that's what we've got coming up. So I would say no, unless there's an injury, then yes, because then that's obvious. NHL's all-time greatest, most handsome, goal-scoringest, superhuman mutant. Chad Ruedel. I mean, when you're when you're carrying him around with you at all times, and he's just plug and play. Mm-hmm. He's like a rechargeable double A battery. The equipment managers just must constantly have Chad Ruedel's rechargeable battery plugged in. The green light is on. There's a compartment in the back of Chad Ruedel's, uh, you know, robot bod. <laughs> Where you can insert this huge, it's like a, it's like a twelve inch, you know, high four inches around. It's really heavy too. Most of him is. Just, what am I talking about? <laughs> I like the idea of uh, an interchangeable action figure, Chad Ruedel. Do you like that idea? Yes, I mean it already exists, so I love it. Meaning it exists in reality because that's yeah. what. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He he really is something though, isn't he? Isn't isn't it just incredible that when he's called upon, I mean, when's the last time Chad Ruedel you had to dog him for a piss poor game? Yeah, I mean, you never effort-wise it's always there. Potential silly mistakes here and there, but yeah. But yeah, that doesn't happen too often. Well, and it's also par for the course for Bigger name Penguins defenseman, you know, it's also just a tough game to play. And you're inserting someone into the lineup who hasn't played a lot. 
And he's always been, Mike Sullivan always talks about just how how reliable Chad is. I, I went off on my Chad thread. Uh, but per Seth Rohrbaugh of the Trib Live, uh, you and I were discussing a little bit before the game, looks like Danton Heinen's going to slot in up on the second line on Malkin's left wing in place of Jason Zucker and uh, taking the place of Danton Heinen, who has now moved up to that second line. Presumably Ryan Paling ends up on the left wing Again, Seth Rorabaugh always puts out those nice handwritten spiral notebook line combos and D pairings. And uh, look, it looks like Chris Letang is going to, you know, I didn't I didn't get a chance to talk about Letang's return because Jordan did such a great job hosting the podcast over the weekend. But Chris Letang, back in the lineup, logging minutes again, uh, looked like for for a bit he might wear the the tinted visor, needs some type of, um, you know, special equipment to get back on after the stroke. I think the tinted visor was gone by the time the puck dropped, and he's just right back to it. And I thought he skated. Did not watch the Buffalo matchups in real time because of my music recording work. Thanks again to Jordan and Ashley for putting the podcast out. But the highlights that I've seen, I mean, Latang's just back to business as usual had a couple of strong performances, I thought. And now, I mean, it looks like he's back on PP1 in practice. You know, he's on the top pairing, presumably with Marcus Pedersen, with Jeff Petrie out. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's going to be logging a lot of minutes. Yeah. But? Probably PK2 as well. Yeah, right. Right, you were, yeah, you, I didn't see those at first, but I guess you you found them for me. I couldn't. Couldn't find those PK units from practice, but Bluger, McGinn, Dumoulin, Ruedel, and that's also was ostensibly per Seth. He provided that that content. Yeah, he usually does. Yeah, he's good about that. Um, we got the Florida Panthers tonight, a team who, in the off season, made some big moves, acquired Matthew Kachuk. Kachuk. Uh it's a cool name. I like saying Kachuk. It's a very onomana. How do you say that? What's the onomatopoeic? Onomatopoeic. Onomatop. Sure. Sure. On a Matthew Kachuk Uh He is really something. And if you look at his production leading up to what I understand is either out for illness. My guess is we're going to talk about him potentially being out and he's going to be on the ice tonight. But uh, where did I have it? Here, 14 goals, 25 assists for 39 points. Super impressive. Uh, Matthew Kachuk and Carter Verhage, who has also been um, down in the mouth, 15-9 for 24 points. That's 15 goals, 9 assists. So Carter Verhage is just on an absolute tear as well, not quite what Sidney Crosby has achieved in some ways. Uh, 17 goals, 21 assists for 38 points. So he and Kachuk neck and neck. And that's pretty dang impressive when you think Sidney Crosby is 35-year-old player who also, and I, and I tip the hat to Kachuk as well. He He has this aspect to his game clearly, but Crosby just such... A tenacious, hardworking, 200-foot hockey player. Uh, speaking of that kind of a player, Jake Gensel, always 
turning on the afterburners, 13 goals, 16 assists for 29 points. Uh, and just before, not to skip over Malkin, who would be the next highest point getter, in fact, even with Jake at 29 points, a little heavier on the assists side, has yet to clear the 10-goal mark, does Gino. But Jason Zucker, pretty solid, pretty solid showing from him leading up to this, this injury. Six goals, 14 assists, 20 points, but, uh, but now out longer term. Um, what are you looking for tonight, and, and which lines do you expect? I mean, you know, you Crosby line, the Malkin line, Jeff Carter, Teddy Bluger. Where do you see uh, production tonight against, uh, against Florida? I, I think we might get some surprises tonight. I think Bluger is going to score. Love that, my Latvian brother. I think, um, let me find this again. I was looking. I wouldn't up. be surprised if Danton Heinen got one tonight. I mean, this, is, a real, this is really a. Three seasons, Bluger has three goals in six games against Florida. Whoa. So that wasn't just coming out of nowhere that you said that. No, it's coming out of my sheer intelligence and, yes. and, and potential of wanting to put a bet on because. So 50% of the times, the goal, uh, 50% of the games Bluger's played in, he's scored against the Panthers. In the last three seasons, yeah. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. He, li- he likes playing against these boys. Sure does. Well, most. Uh, I was going to try to come up with some, like all Latvian, you know, ancestry players uh, score goals. And uh, I'm really, you know, listen, I have been holed up in a recording studio for the last four to five days, uh, making a ton of music, singing a ton of music. And I'm just phasing my way back into the hockey mindset. Um, I'm, the, uh, I'm, I'm talking on the injuries that you're looking at. Penguins stats against Florida. Mm. There are only three players on the Penguins team who have played in all six games against Florida in the last three seasons. Only three players on the Penguins current team who have played in all six games against Florida over the past three seasons. Okay, I'm going to guess one of them is Jake Gensel. No. Dang. Jake Gensel's missed two of them. Well, it's not Sidney Crosby. He missed three of them. It's not Evgeny Malkin. He missed three of them. Chris Letang. Chris Letang is one, yeah. And Bluga, I already said, is one. Right, because he played in all six games. So Letang, Bluger, I'm going to go with an ironic answer and say Jason Zucker. <laughs> no. no? Uh, Brian Dumoulin. Now you're on the right end of the ice, though. Oh, okay. So then Marcus Pedersen. Correct. He's been very resilient, uh, you know, injured, knock on wood. <laughs> Pedersen's. You heard it here first. <laughs> my God. And what a, what, a, what a season he's had. Marcus Pedersen's just looked very reliable. You know, when I talked to Jesse Marshall, I used that old turn of phrase, like a good defenseman is not noticed on the ice. And he, and he said, you know, I have to, I know where you're coming from. He's like, but I have to argue that. He's like. That, that, that's only for a certain type. And I don't want to misquote him, but it was like, that's only for a certain aspect of their play, but I want to notice my defenseman. Uh, uh, and we'll have to dig back into the interview I had with him, uh, to. Yeah. I see what he's saying. I, I think there are some defensemen that you don't want to notice in a game and others that you do. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, like a D. Maybe that's generally what it was. Speak, yeah. An offensive generally defenseman. Speaking, I think you should, uh, one of your defensemen on each shift you want to notice and one you don't. Right. Ideally. Right. Well, I've noticed the jumping up on the rush of one Pierre Olivier Joseph. I know. And he's really looked impressive. And we, we saw him in that Vegas game in person. And I was just like, here we go, boys. Like, that's the kind of shot in the arm a team like the Penguins needed. You know, can one of these guys in your system really, and not, not drafted by the Penguins, uh, Pierre Olivier Joseph drafted by the Arizona Coyotes. When do you think Pierre Olivier Joseph was born? Because I have his birthday in front of me. What year? When do I think he was born? Yeah. Do you? Because I don't. I didn't know his age offhand. Now I'm just looking at this. I'm really. It just feels really recent. I would say. Two thousand. Very close. He was born July first, nineteen ninety nine. I was going to say ninety nine, but then when you said it sounds too recent, I thought it must be two thousand because that sounds more recent. I mean, that's he's a young man. It's a man flying outside my window right now. A what? A man flying outside my window. That can't be. Wow. So I just downloaded uh, Amazing Fantasy number 15 on Comixology app, uh, comic book. It is the first appearance of Spider-Man. And if you download Amazing Fantasies number 14, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to read the previous issue and imagine living in a world where Spider-Man had not been created yet. And one of the stories in Amazing Fantasy number 14, one of the last things that that series' readers read about was the flying man. <laughs> that was, but it was really like an X-Men storyline where this guy doesn't know what's happening to him. And then suddenly he hears this voice in his head and it's like, you are one of many mutants. Okay. Now that I'm talking about fantastical characters, you know what time it is. Okay. Drum roll. Speaking of fantastical creatures, that means it is time for us to discuss the mascot for the Florida Panthers. And something that you and I were talking about pre-recording here was I wanted to know what your guess was on the name of the Panther mascot in Florida. So I've come up with a multiple choice for you, which does include the real name of the Panthers. Does include the real name. That's that's a useful multiple choice tactic. Well done. It does. Yeah. Are you ready to guess? And I'm going to give you a couple of couple of background things about this mascot first. Um, this mascot won best mascot in 2001 with another mascot. I assume the Colorado Avalanche's mascot Rocky, earning the honor in both 01 and 02. Am I right about that? Rocky, the mascot? We have no idea. I didn't even uh, know they, uh, they, that did. they even had one. It's, it's probably also a panther. Like, there's such little variety. I, that's the one reason why I actually do like Bowie, the mascot of the Kraken, because it's so bizarre and different. Um, the position that this mascot, the Panthers mascot plays, is center of attention. Uh, as far as which way they shoot, T-shirts. That's the, they shoot T-shirts. Uh, the height of the Panthers mascot is six foot three on skates. Weight. 
six foot three. So it's, it's probably like a shorter, it's probably like a five foot 11 person. Although with, but then with the, skates, though, and with with the head of the mascot, that must be an absolute, okay. <laughs> and, and then the weight of this mascot is quote, ton of fun. Age depends on which of their nine lives you're talking about. Birthplace, Big Cypress Reserve, Florida. First game, October 12th, 1993 at the Miami Arena. Oh, go ahead. I've got to uh, bring something up here. Okay. Saying that Panthers have nine lives as well as house cats. Mm. If I drop a panther out of my window, is it just going to go and land perfectly or is it going to just die? No wild animals were heard in the making of this podcast. Okay, are you ready for the multiple choice to try to guess the name of the Panthers mascot? Yeah. Drum roll. Choice A. Silky boy. <laughs> choice B. Harold. Choice C. Proper panther. Choice D. Stanley C. Panther. Is that it? Bum, 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 Choice A, choice A, Silky Boy. Choice B, Harold. Choice C, Proper Panther. Choice C, Stanley C. Panther. I am going to go with choice D. Because they clearly like a pun and they like middle initials, like Victor E. Rat. <laughs> Which Victor E. Rat is, oh, victory. I'm so bad. And so I'm, only, assuming, I'm assuming it's Stanley Cup. I think, first of all, you're correct. That is the name of the, the Panthers mascot, is Stanley. Yeah, choice A was so Jeff Taylor. It was it almost. <laughs> Silky boy. <laughs> and I clearly installed proper Panther to appeal to your, your yes. British and uh, roots. Harold is I quite good a, though. I do see uh silky boy as potentially being on your next album. <laughs> well, I just think a Panther seems like such a silky animal. So it's like a nice silky boy. Maybe B O I I would be the spelling there. Um, shout out to Cole. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, boy, Cole. All right, so we gotta we gotta get closer to wrapping things up here. This has been this has been a great chat. Um, I just I just think that this would be such a gritty win for the Pens to eke out tonight on the road. A couple of injuries. I want to I want to quote the. Wait, what happened? What are you laughing at, Silky Boy? <laughs> what? You also said it'd be a gritty win. It's almost like your minds and mascot zone in mascot mode. I know. Which I've said this before, I really think it's an abomination that other teams have grabbed up Gritty's origin story. Like Bowie is said to have been found in the construction site when they were, you know, building Climate Pledge Arena under the old roof of of, of Key Arena. So I, that was Gritty's origin story. He was living down in the rubble somewhere and just emerged. But that suits Gritty. And whereas the troll, I mean, 
there's already an actual concrete troll under the, was it the Fremont Bridge? One of the bridges. Look, look, just going to say, I think if the Penguins can win on the road after sustaining a couple injuries, Zucker's really like that Energizer Bunny, go-getting, playing in the tough areas kind of guy, was, I think, energizing the Malkin line big time. And at a time when Rust wasn't scoring as much, not saying Russ wasn't playing well, but wasn't kind of the big game Brian Russ that we're accustomed to seeing, although we are accustomed to seeing Brian Russ playing a little bit streaky at times. I think this could be a good thing. I think a guy like Heinen getting that chance to go up and skate with Gino, I think he's going to wake up a bit. Ryan Paling has just been a revelation in some ways. He and Archibald, the return of Teddy Bluger, that was probably the major turnaround point where you go from like, this team can can stop the losing skid, but this team can control the puck and possess the puck for long periods of time. And that fourth line's been such a big piece of that. And I just don't think that the, that the switch-ups on D, you know, the loss of Petrie is going to really be that big a deal. I know he's been playing <clears throat> well, but you've got Chris Letang in this kind of magical moment. It's, I don't mean to make light of, of the, uh, uh, the health scare and the, and the second stroke. That's, that's deadly serious. But I think he's the type of a guy who's got the fire burning inside of him that just as much as any young player sees this moment as an opportunity for him. He does not think about the three Stanley Cups he's won or whether they're going to win another one. He's just focused on tonight's game playing as hard as he possibly can. And, uh, you know, he's, he's feeling good. He's, he's, he's logging minutes and they're only going to increase. So, uh, any final thoughts uh, regarding the game tonight? Um, sounds strange to say, but I, <laughs> I'm clearly not happy. We have two injured players, but sure. I think it might help us win a, on a mental side. Mm-hmm. As we're heading into Florida, who are riddled with injuries, they've got Bob and Goal, who's not been playing well. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about goalies. <laughs> we talked about I mean, the fact that we'll have Tristan Chari in net tonight for the Pittsburgh Penguins. You know, going in on the win streak that we're on, playing a fairly depleted team that's underperforming just seems like a recipe for us to lose. Because that's <laughs> how we do. So now we're going in with a little bit of our own issues. Yeah, players know they have to step up. So suddenly, it's now not this. We're riding high. This team's a little injured, and a depleted playing. team is, of course, going to take <clears throat> advantage of the streaking Penguins. But it's not the case now at this point. We've got our own uh, underdog story. Yeah, I think it's uh, potentially going to help. And you know, got a good record against them. Bob did play well against us last season. Goalie Bob says yes tonight. One last season. But he's not playing well right now. He's mm. not, not looking good. And Tristan Jari has been playing phenomenally. Lights out. Let's see. Uh, My gosh. That, I just rewatched. No, no regulation losses in his last 11, I think. Unbelievable. Knock on wood. And I just rewatched the last few minutes because Ashley and I had seats close to the ice and we wanted to see if we could spot ourselves on the broadcast. Which, by the way, if anyone has video of me re- on the Jumbotron 
in my diagonal black Penguins jersey. They put the camera on me, and I was revving the crowd up during a stoppage of play. It was a face-off in the Penguins zone, up 4-3. And I was, like, lifting my arms up and screaming, somebody out there has got to have it. We rewatched it to see in case they had put that on the TV. But, boy, Jari just made some incredible saves. I think he made, like, five or six saves in the last four minutes. Uh, that were that were critical, obviously, to 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 maintain that four to three lead. What were you going to say about that game? No, I, I was just wondering. I, I, do, do Pittsburgh not have a uh, storage feed of the jumbotron? Oh, maybe they do. I know a few arenas definitely do. You can actually go on the site, and if you know the sort of time, you can see what was on there. But I don't. Oh, know. cool. <clears throat> Speaking of jumbotron, I also heard that we were. Getting a new one. Yeah, FSG, right? Fenway Sports Group, one of their initiatives, I believe, uh, taken over the Penguins organization was to kind of modernize PPG's entertainment package a little bit. And I think one of the things that a lot of folks have uh, been impressed by in other arenas is the ability to project on the ice. I mean, you see it in New Jersey, you see it in Seattle, and it's a really cool thing, you know, and you see, uh, or gritty skating and there's like a fuse following him on the ice and it explodes and he destroys. So I think, and the jumbotron itself um, is, is supposed to be a thing. I, I heard a rumor that it was going to maybe be mid season during the all-star break. They might install it, wow. okay. but that, that is unsubstantiated. You did not hear it here on fly penguins fly. I'm not going around saying things I don't know to be true. Yes, I am. Cause I just did say that, but uh, my guess, if I had to guess, I say they wait till after the season. I mean, that just sounds like it could be a, you know, what what if it what if they have an issue like while they're that sounds like a a, a tremendous type of a construction event. I mean, an All Star break is that enough time it really to? Isn't. I mean, you're constructing it beforehand. Yeah, modular type of a thing. Yeah, maybe they could do it. I mean, of course they could do it, but I, I don't know if they will mid season. Was it New Jersey that the Jumbotron came down? Oh, my God. Decades ago. Gosh. Somewhere, somewhere I want to just... Oh, There's yeah. No that... one there. No one got injured, but it's like, can you imagine if that happened during a game? I'm, I'm looking this up right now. Uh, Jumbotron Falls Hockey Arena. It was like after a practice. Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. Look back when the video board fell. Yes, yeah, somebody told me, oh my gosh, 23 years ago. Wow. Just horrible. I think nobody was injured. Yeah, and I think it was uh, yeah, not drawing anything major going on. Yeah. But somebody in a comments thread, when I first read about that, said, oh yeah, I'd been at that game. Uh, the previous night or, or earlier that night or whatever it was. And that's terrifying. I mean, those things are, that's a world. <laughs> Sounds like something out of sudden death. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Um, okay. Well, Richard Cole, this has been fun. We didn't really talk too much about your background, but just kind of in retrospect on today's episode, played hockey for a lot of your life, goaltender from Nottingham, England, 
made your way to the States where you became, among other things, a music booker. And that's how we met. Uh, dearest friend of mine, uh, constantly in touch with you about all things penguins and hockey. So thanks for coming on Fly Penguins Fly episode 120. And I hope that this isn't the last time, maybe even this season that you'll come on the show. I hope to have you back soon. Yeah. And I, as I ended last time in the way that you don't like me ending is with a prediction. Mm. Okay, go ahead. I don't like predictions, but 3-1 Penguins win. Tonight. Tonight. Mm -hmm. Two goals from Sid and one from Teddy Blugan. All right. You heard it from Richard Cole. 3-1 Penguins victory tonight. Two goals from Sid Crosby and one from the Latvian legend. Number 53, Teddy Bluger. Uh, thank you, Richard Cole. That is going to wrap things up for me here on today's episode of Fly Penguins Fly Game Day podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter at PensPod, on Instagram at Fly Penguins Fly, and remember to subscribe to the Fly Penguins Fly YouTube channel. The link to that is in the episode notes. One more time, thank you to Jordan DeFigio uh, on Twitter at Fidge Newton for guest hosting Fly Penguins Fly, the first ever guest host. And I hope that Jordan is going to come back real soon as a guest, as a co-host, just great hockey mind and a good friend of ours. So remember, if you've got a friend who needs to know about this podcast, please tell them about it. The more black and gold in the house, the better. All right, Penguins fans, you can watch tonight's road game versus the Panthers live from Florida Live Arena in Sunrise, Florida on AT&T SN in the Pittsburgh area and on ESPN Plus everywhere else. As longtime listeners well know, one of my favorite ways to tune in is via terrestrial radio or on the web at 1059VXFM. Enjoy tonight's Penguins Road Game versus Silky Boy the Panther. And of course, <laughs> let's go, parents. <laughs>